Art of the Kickstart, Episode 46. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating and creating the products of the future. And backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Hey guys, one of the biggest challenges and questions that I've been getting quite a bit from inventors and innovators out there, and just things I've seen from over 50 plus podcast interviews, is some of the challenges that people have when they're launching their Kickstarter campaign. They want to know, do they have everything ready? Is there anything they missed? So I just put together a checklist, 23 steps to make sure your Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to dominate when you launch. You guys can get that for free by going to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. Just signing up and hopefully that will help you launch your campaign hassle-free and just get it off the ground and running smooth. Guys, I hope you're ready to be inspired. Today we're talking to a high school and collegiate entrepreneur, Kevin Liang, who started a business around a hobby, something he loved. Kevin's the founder of Equicube, a company focused on aquaponics, on the food of the future, and changing, just changing the way humanity really goes forward in terms of sustainability. It's really awesome. Thanks so much for coming today, Kevin. I'm pumped to talk to you. Yeah, I'm really excited too, man. So, Kevin, I like to kick all these interviews off with some kind of success quote, something that people can learn from. Do you have something awesome? Just off the top of my head, uh, a quote, I think, from Tim Ferriss. You're the average of the five person you affiliate yourself with most. So I think your environment really deter- really has a huge impact on like who you are. That's one one of the most that sticks, I think. And I couldn't agree more. And you're out in San Francisco right now, which means you're actually out in the thick of it. You've got startups and entrepreneurs everywhere. How has your location really helped you as an entrepreneur get started and launch into the game? Yeah, I was actually raised in San Francisco, but um, where our company right now is actually based in San Diego. So I guess that question doesn't necessarily apply right now. But um, I definitely think in San Diego, at least, you know, having the beaches and things around creates actually a, a pretty nice environment for uh, a startup like like ours that really is trying to touch people's lives with sort of connecting people with nature, right? And it's nice to be here because it, it helps us uh, experience nature every day, going to work and, and being in the sun all day. So that's nice. And you're on the West Coast. It's a lot more sustainability focused, which certainly helps your, your startup endeavors, I've got to guess. And we were talking before the, before the podcast started a little bit about you. So you're actually, you're a 22-year-old guy and you were doing this in college. Take us through the story because it sounds pretty cool and I think it's inspirational for people. Yeah, man. So I'll give you the, the really brief summary, but I, I've been like an aquarium fanatic since I was like 15, 14 actually. And how I got started was uh, in, in shrimp breeding and shrimp tend to be really, really sensitive creatures. So we had to build an ecosystem around them. So have plants that filter water. To, in order to provide the perfect environment for them to thrive. And I started selling these really high-end shrimp online called Crystal Red Shrimp. 
And uh, that was sort of my first uh, dive in business just to try to support my hobby. And then it got big enough. And I ran this out of my sister's garage in high school. And it got big enough that people started coming to us and asking, asking me to go set up their ecosystems. And that's how our company, Aqua Design Innovation, started. And um, we've been setting up these ecosystems for people using plants to filter their aquariums for the longest time. But how this product came along was sort of taking that and putting it into a product so that we can reach even more people. That is absolutely crazy. I had never heard of shrimp breeding before. And you're, you're building a business. You're doing this while you're in high school. I'm sure, what were some of the lessons that you learned while doing this? As a kid, your friends are off doing this, that, and the other. And you're, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. It was, it was, like I said, it was, a, it was a total accident. It was just, you know, really huge addiction of mine. And, and yeah, so like, like you said, you know, friends were doing other things. And I think that the biggest lesson was you don't really have to be doing what other people are doing in order to be successful. And yeah, and I think it still applies. You know, a lot of my friends, I'm 22, so all my friends just graduated. And uh, it, it's a little scary to be going a different route, but, you know, all my friends are getting stable jobs, starting to pay off their loans and things like that. And I'm still hanging <laughs> and trying to build this business and build EcoCube and things like that. But just sticking to that and knowing that things will work out, I guess that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned. I think it's interesting you bring up the path, that thing we're all supposed to do, high school, college, get a job, get a house, get married, yada, yada, this, that, and the other. How has your family felt about you doing this? You're taking a leave of absence from college and in all likelihood not going back. Your business is doing well. What happens with friends and family? Do you get any pushback? Yeah. So I just took my leave of absence uh, not too long ago. So to be honest, my parents don't know yet. <laughs> oh, we'll bring it to them. Um, but I plan on telling them. Yeah, so I plan on telling them very soon. So we're shipping out our product in about two months, and you know our product did very well in pre-orders on Kickstarter and things like that. But the the goal is to once we finish the product, blow it up, and then that'll be the right time to tell them. But no, definitely. I mean, um, actually, my my friends have been super supportive, but I can totally see my family freaking out if I told them right now. So that's why I'm pulling off. That is terrifying. But at the same time, you guys raised $79,000. You more than doubled your campaign. And I'm guessing it's been a whirlwind. You finished in January. What's been happening for you guys on the Kickstarter front? After dominating, what happens next? Yeah, so it was... It's It's been getting crazier since, actually. So after we finished... And there was like about a day of celebration. And then we got, you know, right back into it. We actually did another about 23,000 on something called Backer Kit. And it's something that I recommend to everyone that does a crowdfunding campaign. So what they do is they organize all your backers' information. And you're able to sell them accessories that aren't allowed on Kickstarter or like Indiegogo or other sites. And uh, we were, especially with Inquirium, it was perfect because we were able to sort of make it a lot easier on our backers and just offer them the entire kit and also gave us you know even more funds to make product even better so we we did that and then it was finalizing the entire design of the product so going from our com complete functional prototype to a manufacturable product we had no idea but 
it actually took two and a half months to get there. So that was crazy. Two and a half months and a trip to uh, our manufacturer in, in Shenzhen, China. And then so we so took two and a half months to finish that design. And then it was just waiting for the molds to be done to make the product and tooling up. That took about two months. And then they sent me a production model about three weeks ago. And I sort of freaked out because, you know, you know, overall the product was working, but the standard, like aesthetic standards definitely was not up to par. And I literally just booked a ticket to China again and got it all taken care of and came back a few days ago. So it's, it's been nuts to say the least. So I got a question. Most Kickstarter campaign creators, when they invent something, their product isn't alive. Your product is alive. Take us through how aquaponics works and what are some of the challenges of having a product? I mean, you have, there's plants that are going into this. So there are things that can go wrong outside of your control. Yeah, yeah. So we did whatever we could and whatever we learned from, you know, building all these ecosystems, custom ecosystems for people to make the product as easy as possible. So to start off, you know, how aquaponics works is the plant acts as a filtration system for the fish and the fish waste is broken down by bacteria. And then the plant soaks up the rest of the waste as fertilizer and just constantly recycles. So, you know, a couple places for user error would be like if the plant didn't have enough light. And, and that's sort of an issue with other aquaponics products right now. You have to put it in the window or something like that. So we packaged it with a light that that you know sort of is really integrated into the entire product so that sort of gets rid of one issue that we we saw and then another one is uh, that we're really trying to control but is overfeeding so putting more waste into the because uneaten food turns into waste or, or overfeeding the fish creates more waste so putting more waste than the plant, the filtration system can handle is a big one. And we're just going to do whatever we can in the instructions manual, actually, that we're working on right now and K through 12 curriculum to, you know, to show these people that, you know, you don't need to be feeding your fish, you know, two times a day any more than that. They're very happy with um, a little bit of food because there's naturally occurring, you know, algae and things like that in the water, or the, especially in, a, in an ecosystem of plants. So I just have I have a question somewhat related to the product. I think aquaponics is fascinating. Part of the reason I wanted to get you on here. But could you hypothetically create aquaponics farms on full lakes or oceans and methods such as what you're doing now to have larger scale farmable land? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so to start off answering that question, our entire world is an aquaponics system, right? So uh, all the dirty water in the ocean goes to wetlands, which are which are filled with plants, and then go go through mangrove forests, and then come back out to the ocean. And and, and then kelp forests are the you know are one of the most productive ecosystems in the world because they, they soak up all the nutrients in the ocean and all the waste in the ocean. And then they grow like literally a foot a day. So so what we're really doing is trying to take that concept and put it on people's desktops. And showing them that yes, this this concept is applicable on for agriculture as well. But just no one really seems to um, 
you know, we're sort of so far out of touch with, with food and, and agriculture nowadays that no one, no one farms and it's just, you know, food is sort of manufactured now. So yeah, it's definitely applicable and we built our product to show people that it's applicable. And I think that's really important. You got to get people away from this McDonald's garbage and back to real food. If you're going to cure some of the big problems we're having, obesity and such, and all over the world. And I want to jump now into the launch round. How's that sound, Kevin? Sure. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So first question, Kevin, I know you studied biology in school. How does nature absolutely blow your mind? I mean, in every way, right? Like, in order for us to be living right now, every single thing in our body has to be, like, 99.99% perfect. That definitely blows my mind. It's terrifying, considering it just, I, I don't, I can't even begin to get into that, but I understand completely what you're saying. Next, que- next question. We love predictions on this podcast. I want you to give us a prediction. Where will food production be in 20 years? What kind of methods will we be using? We can't even fathom today. I'm sort of an optimist. I think food production is going to definitely move towards uh, more tissue culture instead of, you know, planting in dirt and, and aquaponics and hydroponics just because they're such so much more efficient. And in order for, you know, at the rate our, our population is growing, and in order to constantly feed everyone and, and have good distribution channels for everyone to be full, even though we have enough food, you know, local grown food is going to be the future. I hope to God you're right. That would be a much better alternative from what we have today. And looking looking again to nature, I think really what you guys are trying to do, you're trying to get people in the modern age to understand to understand nature, to understand where food comes from. So this question, it's out there. If you could travel anywhere in the world and try to understand a culture, try to understand how they live life, how do they farm, and just try to learn from them, where would you want to go? I would say I would stay in the U.S. I think a lot of the innovations that are happening in, in agriculture are actually happening in the U.S. Although it's a little bit slow, there are, um, you know, aquaponics farms and hydroponics farms popping up here and there. And I actually uh, got lucky and I was able to um, do a little bit of research at a local farm here in San Diego called Solutions Farms. It's one of the largest aquaponics farms in, in the U.S. And yeah, and I learned a lot from that. Have there been any movies, books, or otherwise that have really impacted you, given you a future look into a sci-fi-esque reality that helped you into this? Yeah, definitely. Just off the top of my head again, a recent book that I read was Abundance. Future is better than we think. It, It goes into talking about how we have everything that we need right now. It's just a matter of technology as the barrier to accessing those resources. And that, you know, in 20 years, food distribution will be much better. Transportation will be all self-driving cars. And, and uh, I really think that's going to happen. Which would eliminate so many problems with 
fuel, traffic, this, right. that, and the other. That would change the world. And last question of the launch round. Have there been any Kickstarter campaigns that have really inspired you? What have you learned from and been motivated by? So one of the big ones is uh, Soma, the Soma water filter. And another, he, he did a really great blog post going through the exact procedures he went through to launch the campaign. And that was sort of my Bible while launching the entire campaign. I'll have to try to put a link in that so people can, people can learn from that, just like you did. And back to your campaign now. You guys, you guys dominated 79,000. You more than doubled your goals. But what did you learn? If you were doing it today, what would you do differently? And what lessons can other people learn from you guys? Really, I might have done the pre-launch a little differently. So, I mean, the the huge, the biggest part of the Kickstarter campaign, of having a successful Kickstarter campaign, I think is in the pre-launch, which is like before you click launch on your Kickstarter page, right? It's, you know, gathering enough people to help you push it up on the first three days. And I, I wish we got our video done a little bit earlier so that uh, we could show more people and get people more excited than, than they were uh, before the pay, before we launched the Kickstarter page. I think that's, that's huge. Having a large email list, a, lot of, a huge audience before your launch is a very big deal. What happens next now that you're fulfilling your orders? What happens after that in terms of moving the business forward? We're completely revamping our website. The goal is to get one of these on every single person's desktop and really try to bring the concept of aquaponics into their lives, right? So we're talking to some larger retailers right now and we're hoping to get into their, their large chain stores and, and you know, going finding every distribution channel that, that we can and, and getting into stores and showing them to as many people as possible. That would be so cool. I can't wait to see this at Walmart and know that we talked to you on the podcast. And now let's go last question. You've been awesome, Kevin, but we got to wrap this up. And I want you I want you to share a piece of advice with other people out there, other inventors, designers, creators that want to build something amazing for the world. If you could tell them one thing, what would it be? Uh, it would be the same thing that I said earlier. You know, the I think the right path doesn't is usually not the path that everyone else is taking. So I guess don't be afraid. I mean, definitely take advice, but don't be afraid to uh, be alone in your thoughts. But uh, gather advice, filter through them, and and pick choose your own. Yeah, someone told someone told me a quote once. If they aren't on the path that I want to follow, I ignore their advice, and that's basically what you're saying. You've got to know how to filter, and I think you're filtering pretty well. I can't wait to hear how you introduce this to your parents and tell them the story of you dropping out of school. I know there's pressure and everything, this, that, and the other. But I'm excited to see what comes out of out of EcoCube, what you guys do next. And I want you to give yourself a pitch. Plug yourself. If people want to check you out, they want to get an EcoCube to get it on their desk, or they're just interested in getting in touch with you guys, where's the best place for them to come and say hey? Yeah, so um, you can pre-order the EcoCube through uh, aquaponicsfilter.com. And the best place to say hi is just emailing us at info at adiventures.net. You guys heard it here. Thank you so much for coming on today, Kevin. I think you guys have a pretty cool story, especially dropping out of college. That's so motivational for people that are in college trying to create something amazing. I hope you inspire other people that are trying to create something 
to really follow in your footsteps and do something awesome. Thanks for coming on, man, and have an awesome night. Thanks. You too, Matt. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Art of the Kickstart, where we believe makers, inventors, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and it's been a pleasure guiding you through this journey of creation and innovation. I hope you're inspired by this and check out artofthekickstart.com to get more information and tactics to help you launch your own business, product, and dreams. 